Hello, how's it going? It is Friday, March 6th already, 2020. Time flies when you're having fun, isn't that right? (laughs) Oh, we're having a blast here. Today's show is a good one. Nice feel-good Friday to send you in the weekend in beautiful fashion. We have a conversation with Kyle Rudolph, who breaks down the play from the New Orleans Saints playoff game that you would want to hear the answer from. Has a very good answer. Also, Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers and all the other conversation that you could potentially want to hear about life. We can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show. I mean, you could do a lot of other things with your ear holes right now. A lot of other things. People say you shouldn't use Q-tips anymore. Mm-hmm. I use them. I use Q-tips all the time. I love Q-tips. Me too. I love Q-tips too. Mm-hmm. There's a war on Q-tips, well. by the way, though. Because they, you know, the propaganda against Q-tips is that you push it in there and you burst your eardrum. Mm-hmm. Already got it burst. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ha ha. Mm. Joke's on you, Q-tips. House money. House money, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, there's not much better, but sneezing feels good. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. A good Q-tip after like a couple of days oh. in the morning when you wake up mm. and you go in there and you get a good good swoop. And now, I've seen the way my lady's Q-tip looks and my Q-tip looks. I think I create and generate a lot more earwax than her, so I think I might generate a lot more happiness from the particular feeling. But boy, when I get in there and then I flip it over and I wipe, oh, yeah. clean it off, and I go to the other side, that feeling, it just feels like I'm massaging my brain when it happens. My leg starts twitching. Yeah, it triggers like that dog muscle. You just get that. Yep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens. Sorry. What 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 exactly happens when the Q-tip goes in there? My leg starts twitching. <laughs> Just the feeling I feel. It's like any deeper. Foxy, Foxy's walking in. He just found out that his roommate uh, barks oh. like a dog whenever he puts a Q-tip in his ear, which I respect. Uh, they try to say that there's um there's a wax you can drop in. I guess that flushes it out or is really? it mm-hmm. wax on yeah. wax crime? Yeah, I don't know if it's hot wax. They melt, they melt your and then they, disintegrates the earwax. I don't know. I don't know how it happens. There's all these different styles. He's one of those baby things that pulls it out. Mm-hmm. Have you ever? I've gone to one after I busted my eardrum where they actually put like a little camera in there what? and they Take a look sucked around? it out like it was a tooth. Like the, oh, they Dennis, did that Dennis like a Sucker. vacuum. Yeah, it was oh, one of those yeah. for your ear. So we used to have those cameras where I used to work, and there was a guy who worked there, huge nerd, that claimed that his ears were super clean because he used the, the wax gun every morning. There we checked is. his ears out, full wax. We checked mine out, Q-tipping, clean as a whistle. Huh. That's research. Sold me. That's research right there. That guy's dumping wax into his wax-filled fucking ears, telling us that our wax... It was disgusting. Dump them out. That guy's a nerd with disgusting ears. <laughs> Big tips nerd. winner. We hope that guy isn't listening. Even if he is, he probably can't hear us because so much fucking wax in his nerd ass ears. (laughs) Idiot. Got him. Loser. Today's show is brought to you by SeatGeek, the greatest ticket buying platform on planet Earth and the moon. It felt good to be back in here and doing that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because usually with the schedule, I have to do it by myself. I'm talking to myself. I'm setting it up by myself. (laughs) And then the... The rooms are sowed with seeds of echoes whenever I say that. <laughs> and it's just one of those things where I understand that line I just used sounded very sophisticated. Yeah. And Nick Moraldo brought into my life no less than 20 minutes ago on the pod, which you can also download after today's show, the pod PMI. Uh, nice little shooting a shit episode. But 
Uh, if you're going to buy tickets here on Earth or the moon, you need to utilize SeatGeek because SeatGeek scans the entire internet and makes sure you're getting the best tickets available. So you won't get screwed over and you can shop with confidence. You won't get catfished. So what you buy is what you get. If you think you're getting a good seat, guess what you're getting from our friends at SeatGeek? A good seat. Right. SeatGeek sells great seats to elite people because you're immaculate and utilize the SeatGeek app. And right now you use promo code PAT, you get $10 off your first order. Promo code McAfee, you get $20 off your first order. Ooh, wow. God. Wow. Do the math. Oh, Jesus. Which the ten dollars? Yeah. Ten dollar difference? Nailed it. Wow. <laughs> How about that other one? How about that other one? Which one? McAfee for twenty dollars off. Oh. Yeah, that's pretty good. What is that? Twenty dollars off. What? Wow. Tony, come on. What? That's insane. That's a fifth of a hundo. I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at. You find mm-hmm. a twenty laying around, what do you do? You get jacked up about it. Mm-hmm. Now you can do that with tickets and memories with our friends at SeatGeek. But let's have a little self awareness because we need both of these promotions to continue to run. If you're rich, use promo code PAT, get ten dollars off. If you're not rich yet, use promo code McAfee and get that extra twenty bucks. Go do something awesome when you're at the game, like maybe buy a drink for the person that you're going to. Comedy, music, sports, you name it. Speaking of Let's get to some sports talk. Right meow. It is alleged that yesterday, uh, or the day before that, depending on reports and insiders, that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick spoke on the phone. I think the interesting advantage that the Patriots have over every other team that could potentially want to sign Tom Brady is they have the ability to talk to him currently. Their people could have met in Indianapolis. We're not 100% sure. No reports came out that the Patriots met with Tom Brady's people. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, though, on the phone talking about his potential future. The Boston Herald reported that the call did not go well. They said that it it, it went almost catastrophic is basically what the headline was saying. And then if you listen to Adam Schefter, Adam Schefter said it was business as usual. What is a business as usual conversation between Tom Brady and Bill Belichick go? Like, that is a very interesting question that I have. Boston Herald said Tom Brady, Bill Belichick phone call Tuesday didn't go well. How can that be? What is Bill Belichick go, man, what are you thinking? I've been watching you on uh, the snap face and uh, <laughs> the, the Twitter and the, and the face note and all that stuff. I've seen you been around. You went to the fight. Huh? You see Conor McGregor. You also saw Mark Davis on that guy. And Tom's like, yeah, I also just talked to Dana White on Instagram Live. I have no idea, <laughs> I have no idea what I'm going to do. And Bill, you don't want to continue with your here and tom goes uh maybe i just want to see what there is and then imagine belichick goes well oh, fornicate you then <laughs> hangs up on him. imagine if bill belichick does it i wonder if bill belichick is getting to the point where he's sick of this where he's sick of watching this now remember belichick and the patriots could have already signed this deal with tom brady they could have already made him offer they could have already extended him they could have already made this thing be settled and that this conversation isn't even happening on every single sports show every single morning until it gets settled this could have happened it has not but this could have happened and i assume that's what tom brady's thinking is like hey they could have already told me what's going to happen they could have already promised me a couple more weapons they could have already promised me a lot of money they have not so instead i'm getting on instagram live with dana white and i'm having full conversations with him about being patient through the process and kind of experiencing something for the first time in 20 years the conversations are heating up on where he's going yesterday the san francisco 49ers were the talk of the town they were the team that Tom Brady was going to. They were going to trade 
trade Jimmy G back to the New England Patriots. Just the day before that, it was the Tennessee Titans were the conversation because Mike Vrabel was FaceTiming with Julian Edelman while he was with Jimmy Fallon and Tom Brady at the Syracuse basketball game. Every single team is still in play, and the team that has been able to sign him and lock him up has not done it, and that's the New England Patriots. And whether you're listening to Adam Schefter, who says it was business as usual, or the Boston Herald, who says it didn't go well, that is just a matter of fact that they have not locked Tom Brady down. And if you're a Patriots fan, with the things that he was saying to Dana yesterday, it's been a great ride for 20 years. This is my first time getting to experience this. Listening to him talk about his free agency for the first time, really, that via a Dana White Instagram live conversation through a phone because Dana and Instagram got into a beef and he couldn't get Tom Brady on <laughs> the Instagram live with him, so he did it via a speakerphone. That entire conversation made me think even more that there's no chance that Brady's going back to the New England Patriots. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. And we have said in the past, like within the last two weeks, because of how much this has been talked about. And anytime you talk about something and, and you know, dive into it, there's different opportunities and conversations go different places. And we said just a couple weeks ago that if he was to leave, this would be the biggest troll job in the history of professional sports. Worse than the decision was. Now, granted, he did bring championships to New England, six of them. He's the greatest of all time. LeBron hadn't won for Cleveland yet whenever he decided to take his talents elsewhere and go win. But this is been a long drawn out thing here between Tom and the Patriots fans and it just feels like every single day that we go by there's a new team that he's definitely going to and none of them are the New England Patriots and that has to be something that's a tough pill to swallow up there in New England. Uh, it's not easy but the Boston Herald the only reason they reported that it didn't go well is because Belichick told them to so that other teams could get some hope hey maybe Brady's going to come to us if the call didn't go well everything's fine business as usual. So you so you think Bill Belichick leaked to the Boston Herald yes. that the most prime free agent potentially in the history of the NFL, mm -hmm. the most spotlighted topic of conversation right now in the NFL, oh, yeah. the first conversation that he and Belichick have had did not go well. You think Belichick is like, yeah, I want to leak this out there. Yeah. I would like to leak out that this did not go well so that everybody knows that, yeah, the teams that think they have him, you still have a very good chance because it didn't go great. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the ultimate villain move is having everybody think that there's little hope and then snatching that hope away. That's what Belichick's doing right now. How did that conversation go? How, how did that conversation go? How how does how do Bill Belichick and Tom Brady coexist? First of all, I mean, for the last twenty years, how have they coexisted? They they seem to be very different individuals. Bill Belichick could care less about his appearance, could care less about how anybody thinks about him, anything like that. I don't think he's eating healthy. I don't think he does anything like that. And Tom Brady is this alien of a human. Obviously, enjoys looking good. I mean. We all do. He has a lot of these. I mean, just every, I don't know how that conversation could even possibly go with Tom Brady knowing what's going on and how Belichick is going on, knows what's going on. I don't think there's a single bone in Belichick's body that begs people to do stuff. And especially at this point when you're known as the greatest coach of all time, there's no way he's going to be bending over backwards to try to win over Tom Brady, a man who he probably thinks like, hey, either stick around or go. I don't care. Like, I think Bill Belichick has had enough with it all, I would assume, and that's probably how the conversation went. Yeah, we need to find out whose side Schefter's source is on, whether it's Bill's side or Tom's side to get the business-as-usual side. 
My guess is Bill would be the business as usual side guy, and Tom would leak that the conversation did not go well. One thousand percent. I think you're a hundred percent accurate on that. I, I I just don't know. I'm excited for it to happen. Tom Brady said to Dana White, he's got a vacation coming up here in the next ten to twelve days. He's going to get away for a little bit. I want to let you know if that vacation is a beach town. Look for the Chargers to be back in the top. Mm. You know what I mean? Did he enjoy his vacation on the beach? Oh, maybe he'd like to be around the beach a little bit more. Let's assume that he's probably going to go to a beach town. Maybe the Dolphins, maybe Beeflow, maybe the Chargers. Maybe he goes to a beach and there's a picture of him not happy. Like, oh, he doesn't like the sand. Maybe he'll go to the Tennessee <laughs> Titans. I mean, every little thing could potentially be a Blues Clues on where old Tom Brady ends up. I think I've flipped completely and I think he's leaving. Or, I mean, he's staying in New England now. Like, I just, it, like, every, every, every day. Well, it's like. Every day. It seems like it's so obvious that he would leave now with, with that coming out and all the 49ers stuff yesterday. Like, it, I, I'm just starting to think it's just one big smoke screen and he is going to end up going back to New England. Yeah, I mean, Connor said it like we get and I said yesterday, we all get this hope that this Patriots thing is mm-hmm. going to be done and it's going to kill them and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Tom's going to be starting from week one. I thought he was gone yesterday. Me too. And here we are. I still think he's gone. After that Dana White conversation, I think he's gone. Now, I, I'd been on the train that he's going back just a week ago. I think he's gone, though. Ah, we got. Tom move. seemed a little bit over it <laughs> Tom's on done. the Dana White call. Yeah, Tom's done with talking about it. But Tom... Don't know how to tell you this, pal. Because of how you've played football for the last 20 years, you potentially being on the move is a massive ordeal, especially in the offseason where there's nothing to talk about. We are being joined by an all-pro, pro bowler, superstar, big country, tight end of the Minnesota Vikings, Kyle Rudolph. And a boy, Kyle Rudolph. And a boy, Kyle Rudolph. Wow. Thanks for having me, Pat. I hear a baby in the back, and I see a bunch oh, of game absolutely. balls. Come here, Andy. Come say hi. Oh, nice. What is this? <laughs> this is my oldest daughter. Hi. Yeah. Hi, beautiful. How are you? Can you say hi? Hi. Say hi, oh. hi. Oh, my God. She's such a sweetheart. I know that if I have a child, she's going to be a nightmare, so I'm trying not to do that. Good for you, Kyle. And that's why you have more than one. Once you have three, it just becomes a circus, and they kind of run around with each other. <laughs> Speaking of circus, did you see the circus act last, last night of Nick Walenda walking across that volcano? I did not. Yeah, you didn't miss anything. The guy, the guy was tethered. The guy was tethered. There was no danger involved. Um, I have one question I have to ask you. Mm-hmm. You pushed off on that Saints touchdown? Absolutely not. not. We, we've <laughs> talked about this. Um, it's a reviewable play. Like the the, play, the the rule was changed for them because of what happened the year prior in the exact same stadium. So. If anyone was going to get called for OPI in that situation, it was going to be me in that stadium because of that rule. Didn't happen. They reviewed the play, and we carried on. I just don't. Kyle, it sure looked like you did the exact same thing that George Kittle did in the Super Bowl. See, I had my arm out, but I never pushed. Like, like that's the thing. As an offensive player, like if I want to keep you there, I'll keep you there. That's not a push. Like, you know, they grab, we hand fight, all that. It's it's the extension. That's what gets you. Like, if I just keep you at bay, now I'm not pushing. <laughs> hey, couldn't make it more clear than that. I mean, what you just said broke it all down. Let's talk about the Vikings right now. Yeah. You guys had a hell of a run this past year. Started out, mm, then that big thing happened with it when your offense kind of took a change. You guys went on an absolute heater. You got one more year with Kirk Cousins under contract, at least $31 million guaranteed for next year. What do you guys think is – what's the mindset going into next season? I know we're early in the offseason. What is your mindset going into next season for the Minnesota Vikings? 
Well, for us, we got to build on the success that you mentioned on the offensive side of the ball from week five on. Uh, you know, the first four weeks of the year, there were frustrations. We were two and two. Uh, anytime you have the amount of talent that we have on offense and you're two and two and um, not everyone's producing up to their own personal expectation, you know, tempers are going to boil over. You're going to have frustration. That's life in the NFL. Uh, but then you kind of see our offense take stride from week five on. And um, we know our identity as a football team. You know, we got to run the football. And then we take advantage of the run game with boots and play actions. And that's what makes Kirk so successful. He's comfortable outside the pocket and vice versa. We know what makes us really easy to defend. And that's exactly what we did against the 49ers in the divisional round. You know, getting behind, getting into a drop back pass game. Uh, allowing all these talented rushers in the NFL to get after Kirk, uh, that's when we struggle. And, you know, the formula is there. We know what we have to do to be successful. Uh, obviously, from year to year, rosters change, guys come and go. Uh, but we feel like we have a really good core group of guys here that are currently under contract for next year, and, and we can make another run. You guys were fun to watch. I mean, that offense was fun to watch whenever it was humming. Seeing Kirk Cousins mm-hmm. kind of – I don't want to say – reach his full potential that everybody thought he had, but it was fun to watch you guys. You guys lose your offense coordinator. He's now a head coach for the Cleveland Browns. He's probably never going to be heard from again. <laughs> now he's a head coach, but uh, losing Stefanski. A, what type of coach are the Browns getting? And B, what does that affect the offense and what you guys are going to be able to do next year? Well, for us, you know, as an offense, this will be our fifth coordinator in five years. Um, nice. Yes, we've had some carryover in terms of Pat was here with Norv, so he knew what we were running the year before. Um, And then Flip comes in, uh, Kevin, and now we've moved on to Gary. And and obviously Gary was here last year and kind of was overseeing everything. And and we ran a lot of the Kubiak, Shanahan system type stuff. So, you know, it won't be a huge transition for us from a terminology and a system standpoint, but... Uh, again, it's it's another transition from year to year, coordinator to coordinator. Um, so it's, you know, the first of all, that's what the Browns are getting in terms of their head coach. They're going to get a uh, really, really smart, talented, buttoned up, sharp. You know, he's been around sports his whole life. Obviously, his dad being incredibly successful in the NBA. Um, so, you know, I think he's he's ready for for this opportunity to be a head coach. I knew that his dad was obviously very successful in the NBA. I am a sports show host. That is something that I obviously knew. What does his dad do in the NBA? Uh, so his dad was in the front office, like all through the '90s with the Sixers, and then of course, uh, currently, yes. currently the GM of the Detroit Pistons. Oh, yikes! <laughs> uh, hey, they stink, Kyle, and not because of Mr. Stefanski. This is Foxy's fault. Yeah, no, it's because Evan Fox, the guy we got in here. Um, the new CBA right now is obviously a massive deal for everybody involved in the business that is the NFL. Are you a player rep? And if you're not, have you read through the 450-page CBA proposal that the players are supposed to vote on? I actually just printed it out to try to read through it because they said they were going to send over the vote thing. And I think my printer ran out of ink to print it out. Because you can't even zoom big enough on an iPhone to, to read all the fine points that they have in there. Uh, I know I'm not a player rep, um, but, you know, I'll, I'll try to read through it the best I can and educate myself before I make a vote. Dude, whenever, like, little pieces of information were being leaked in a PR war, whether it was through Schefter or the people at ESPN or Insiders who were obviously getting their information from the NFL, and then every once in a while a player was going to leak some things, it became this PR battle. And all I kept saying was, like, hey – 
This is going to be like a thousand pages long worth of stuff. And it actually came out. It's 450 pages. And you got a lot of players that don't do the school. I'm excited <laughs> to hear how many people actually read through this entire thing and take their vote actually seriously. And do you think the OGs in the NFL, yourself included, men who have had a lot of success, who have been there, done that for a lot of things, the business side of it and on-field stuff, off-season, in-season, all that stuff, do you think their, way, their words are going to carry a lot more weight than people think? Or do you think this is going to be something where each guy is voting individually uh well i mean i think you're going to have your guys who don't want to be influenced they want to create their own vote their um kind of own opinion um but i i I went through the same situation when i came into the league in 2011 we were currently locked out when i got drafted and um you know i looked up to guys in our locker room like steve hutchinson chad greenway guys that have been in the league for eight nine ten years and kind of what to do, where to go. You know, at the time I didn't have a vote because we had just got drafted, um, but just kind of feeling out the whole process and, and what that was. So uh, I hope our young guys will lean on the older veterans, uh, the guys that have gone through this before um, and make an educated vote instead of just, because like you said, it's 400 and something pages. Uh, I can't tell you the last time I read a 400 and something page book <laughs> and I'm Notre Dame educated. So, I know it's not a mountaineer education. <laughs> I dropped out. The, uh, me, Steve. Me too. <laughs> Uh, I talked about this a couple times whenever the CBA negotiations were just starting and how they thought they were going to have a deal done early was the original reports that the NFL was putting out there to kind of put pressure on the NFLPA. There was a lot of regret with that last CBA that was uh, signed, like the year following the CBA being signed. Trips home on flights in the locker room. There was a lot of regret. There's a lot of buyer's remorse in the people that signed that. That's why I think whenever the OGs speak, I think it's a lot more important than what people are thinking, just them being greedy. It's like, well, they've been there, done that with this one last time. And they heard a conversation from everybody afterwards that was like, oh, yeah, we got screwed in this thing. And I'm assuming that a lot of people are trying not to do the same damn thing. Well, and I think, too, uh, you've been around this league long enough. Nothing gets done until the 11th hour. Uh, the NFL can say they want to get something done early. The PA can say that we're going to try and we're going to convene and try to get something done early. Um, but when has that ever happened? You know, until the pressure is on and it's going to get to that 11th hour, uh, we'll see. Um, Kyle Rudolph, what are you working on for Kyle Rudolph to get better? You're in what year now? Nine? You're going into year uh, nine? Going into year 10. Going into year 10. You're an old man. You're in great shape, by the way. Great shape. You obviously are. You're a big white tight end, obviously. You take a lot of hits. You got to block. You got to do a lot of things. You got to be agile. You got to be athletic. What is something you've added into your off-season routine or your workout routine that you never expected you would have been doing whenever you were younger? Pilates. Really? It's hard. <laughs> sounds impossible it's it's like yoga but with weight right isn't that what pilates is yeah well and it's like it's uh you're on those reformers so a lot of it is just your body weight uh i compare it to the old like chuck norris total gym um it's a similar type machine um and it's it's literally the the worst hour of my day uh, i do it two or three times a week and uh by the end of it i I've never felt more defeated in a workout without touching a single weight. Like there's not a weight. It's all your body weight. Uh, a lot of it is either on the reformer or on the floor and it's tough. So I had my fair share of surgeries and my uh, core hamstring, all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's really good for that. So in year 10, uh, I feel like I'm in the best shape of my life physically. And, and I credit that to a lot of the 
different things I'm doing now than when I was 21. Congrats, by the way. 10 years is not easy, especially in a banging position like tight end. Diggs got to- Kyle, do you take offense to Adam Thielen tweeting Kirk Cousins every single morning, good morning, looking for more targets? Yeah, you're probably not going to get the ball this year. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Uh, that's that's not my style. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I tend to just go with the route of if you throw it to me, I'm going to catch it, so you might want to throw it again. Um, that's just that's been the way I've done things with all ten quarterbacks that I've played with in nine years. Uh, I've never ten been a big quarterbacks. To go to yeah, Kirk was number ten. Oh my God! We make fun of the Browns and we make fun of these other organizations. Ten quarterbacks for the Minnesota Vikings in the last nine years. I would have never guessed. That. I would have never. I didn't even know that was a. Th- that's insane. Nobody talks about that when they're talking about the greatness of Kyle Rudolph. Well, thank you. Yeah, ten quarterbacks, and uh, I think this is my sixth offensive coordinator uh so we've had our fair share of shuffling on the offensive side of the ball over here in minnesota i remember back in the day and it seems like it's a long time ago now because teddy is about to be a free agent for the new orleans saints there was talk about him changing the game before he got hurt out there he was like mvp consideration and he got hurt in training camp i think and it all changed from there do you still keep in contact with teddy and if you don't what do you expect from teddy as he goes forward as being a starter in this league once again I do. Uh, I do keep in contact with Teddy. We obviously played in the playoffs last year, but we played in the preseason as well. So I got to see him the beginning and the end of the year. And um, that was one of the more unfortunate things that I've ever been around in sports uh, because he had such a he was coming off of a Pro Bowl appearance. Uh, he had such a great preseason that year. And it was kind of from a Minnesota Vikings standpoint, the keys to our offense were being passed from Adrian to Teddy uh, up to that point. Our offense was Adrian Peterson 30, 35 times a game, uh, and that torch had been passed. It was Teddy's offense, uh, and unfortunately, he was hurt in training camp that year. So to see Teddy bounce back and and to put the work that he's put in to put himself in this situation, he's going to make a lot of money this offseason, and and a team is going to get a really, really good quarterback in in the future of their franchise because he still is young. I mean, he's in his mid-20s. Uh, he's got a lot of football left. I've never seen a free agency frenzy like it is right now with these quarterbacks. I mean, everybody's on the shopping board. <laughs> it is. It's absolutely nuts. It is insane. Have you followed along at all? Uh, a little bit. You know, I've always been a football fan. So, you know, following along in the offseason, I'm following along no more than just a fan. And uh, I remember a couple years ago when we had the opportunity to sign Kirk in free agency, it was so wild because, you know, to that point, the last quarterback to hit free agency was like Drew in 06. So you don't see quarterbacks that have been franchise quarterbacks hit free agency very often. And this year, that seems like there's 10 quarterbacks that have either been a franchise quarterback or could be a franchise quarterback in free agency. It's good for the NFL. It keeps us talking about it. And uh, that's what the NFL absolutely loves. We got to get to a hard out here. We can't thank you enough for joining us. You're the absolute best. Enjoy your Pilates. Enjoy your push-offs and have a great day. Thank you. (laughs) Have a good one, guys. You push that guy. Hey, you push that guy. I do not. Your daughter's in the room. Do not lie. <laughs> we can ask her. She'll tell you it was a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, animal Kyle Rudolph. Thank you, Kyle. Oh, thank you. Notre Dame educated. He's a good dude, man. Great teeth. I love Kyle Rudolph. Handsome, great teeth, Pilates guy. Good football player. By the way, I'm a Pelicans fan now. I assume we got a lot of New Orleans people watching. I had to take a stand for my people. Yep, <laughs> you know what I mean? Sense. I had to take a stand for my people. My people in New Orleans are tired of losing in vicious ways. And Kyle Rudolph was one of them. 
When was the last time you were driving through a storm and thought, you know what? I fucking love not being able to see when I drive. Uh, never. Yeah, you probably have it. Now driving in bad weather doesn't have to be a headache thanks to the new Michelin Endurance XT silicone wiper blades. These blades last through everything to prove it. Michelin just put their new Endurance XT silicone wiper blades to the ultimate test on a world record-breaking 16 thousand mile drive from alaska to argentina to show just how durable these blades are rainier zeitlow oh unit unit of a man okay we finally googled this rainier zeitlow we've heard about rainier zeitlow mm-hmm. we know that if rainier zeitlow is involved and it's a vehicle this is some real real shit going down we Googled what Rainier Zeitlow looks like. Unit of a man. Rainier Zeitlow was the man behind the wheel, and he put the Michelin Endurance XT silicone wiper blades through ice, snow, rain, thunder. Feel the thunder. Lightning and the thunder, thunder and the wind, and the blades took all of it. These blades are crafted for extreme weather performance with an advanced quad tech, four layer coated silicone that repels water, snow, and ice, and lasts two times longer than the other blades. The Michelin Endurance XT silicone wiper blades are real world proven for extreme weather performance. Upgrade to the Michelin Endurance XT silicone wiper blades today. I believe they're only at Walmart. Go check those out. Let's get back to the show. We are now being joined by a man who was tied for the league lead in touchdowns this last year. A man who bursted on the scene in the backfield of the Green Bay Packers, got screwed out of the Pro Bowl, and was never mentioned during the MVP talk, except for on this show. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Jones. How y'all doing? Aaron, we're good, man. We're trying to get a hold of you there. I think there's a little bit of a tech issue. We appreciate you kind of waiting it out and uh, staying on the line with us, my brother. Oh, no problem. What are you up to right now? Where are you at? You at home? You uh, on vacation? What's going on in Aaron Jones' life right now for the offseason? Um, I'm at home in El Paso, Texas, just, just training, uh, getting ready for next year. Uh, what is training like for Aaron Jones? Uh, are we sprinting? Are we doing anything weird? Are we doing any weird workouts? We just had Kyle Rudolph on in the last hour. He said he does Pilates weekly that has really helped his body. Is there any weird exercises that you do, or is it all old-school Olympic lifting type stuff? Uh, I do a, a lot of single-leg stuff. Um just just because uh, when you get back to both feet, if you're strong on one leg, um, uh, when you get back to both feet, you'll be I feel like you'll be great. Um, so that, that's something I like to do. And when you get both feet in the ground, it, I feel like it's over if, if you're equally strong on both sides. Why did you take this massive jump this past year? Is it because you weren't given the rock earlier? Or what do you think it was? Was it something mentally? Was it physically? Was it the scheme? What do you think made you have so much success this past season with the Green Bay Packers? Um, I just the, the opportunity uh, mixed with the help from my teammates. I mean, they did a great job, uh, the whole blocking unit, everybody uh, just making sure that I could – had lanes to run, and I could pick and choose wherever I wanted to go. I'm still bummed that you got yelled at for waving in that guy's <laughs> face. I, I think that was uh, I think that was something that could have potentially became your signature move. Oh man, it, it was worth the fine though. It, it was, <laughs> I, it, I, I got a good picture out of it, so uh, I mean, I was just it was just in the moment. I, I didn't even realize I did it until after, and I'm like, 
Oh man, that was it was pretty cool though. <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, it could have been a personal foul, I guess, is what everybody told you, and you got fined for it. But hey, we're we're in the show business world here of sports. You lit it up in Dallas. That's just one of them. That's a great move. If I was ever able to just run away from another human like that, a professional athlete, I'd probably attempt to wave in their face as well. I wish you would do more of that. Green Bay Packers made it to the <laughs> NFC Championship, got slaughtered there, but made it to the NFC Championship. What does the team need to do next year to kind of take that next step, obviously, to the Super Bowl? Uh, we we just got to come out. We got to play together. Offense has to feed off for the defense. Defense has to feed off a special team and just just play together. Um, and come out with a lot of energy. Just uh, fly around. I just feel like uh, that was lacking lacking a little bit. But um, we 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 got the guys in the locker room to get get right uh, get right to where we need to be. What year is this for you? You're going into what year? Four. Okay, so you're going into year four. A lot of the OGs who are around for the last CBA conversation have come out very against, a lot of them have been very against the new CBA. You're a younger guy. I don't know if you've gotten broken off yet. I don't think so. Going into year four, what are your thoughts on the entire CBA negotiation? Are you listening to the older guys? Are you kind of doing research for yourself, or is it a combination of both? Um, It's a combination of both because a lot of of the veterans were there um, for the, the previous lockout. And they they know they know what it takes, and they just want we just want things to be fair. So, um, and then you also have to always educate yourself as well. So you know what's going on. You you can talk about it and everything. So, um, I, but I, I do both. Uh, we got great leaders in our locker room, uh, great veterans. So um, they they keep us they keep us updated. They keep us, they so we're in the loop and we know what's going on. Are you going to read that four hundred and sixty page <laughs> proposal? Uh, it's going to take me some time, but I am. <laughs> By the way, I think you have to say that you're going to publicly. <laughs> if you were going to say no there, I think some people, would like not us, because there's no way in hell if I was in the NFL right now, I'd be reading that 460-page thing. But as soon as a player says he's not going to read it, the pundits are going to be like, this is the problem with the players. They won't take the time to read the 460-page proposal. You get paid. So that was a great answer, by the way. I'm happy you said that, and I'm sorry for putting you in a position to potentially look terrible. <laughs> Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> so did that come through your email? Like you got an email this morning from the NFLPA that said, hey, listen, this is a long one. We need you to read through <laughs> it to see what's going on. Is that how it came, or, or what was the, the delivery process of the new CBA? Uh, I just got a link to my phone, uh, text, texted it to me, and then um, I just clicked on it and started reading right away. And um, I found it pretty interesting. Uh, like This is my first time ever going through something like this, and – uh, I just I just found it pretty interesting, and uh, you, you see a lot of uh, uh, changes, but it's not huge. So, I mean, it, but it, it was pretty interesting to see how business works. What was your uh, major in college? Uh, general studies. What do you plan on doing after football? Have you even thought about that? Or are you so just involved with football right now? You you haven't even thought about that. Um, no, I'll, I'll think about that. I, I, I want to either, uh, get on, get onto TV, um, or coach so I, I can stay, stay close to the game, uh, whether it be talking about it or, uh, developing young players. Is this the first time in your football life? You love the game of football. You've played your entire life. Is this the first time that you've kind of been dropped into the world? Like, Hey, this isn't a game. This is a hundred percent business. And how is your reaction to that entire thing? Um, I mean, you always hear about how it's a business, um, 
when you're like when you're in college and things like that, and you you don't really understand it until you get there and you start you start seeing things happen and uh, you see so many guys come and go, and then just when you thought you you seen it all, something else happens, something new happens, and you're like, wow, and you you just continue to learn and grow on the run, and you you really see it's a business. What has Aaron Rodgers meant to your career thus far? Because Aaron Rodgers has come out and spoke against not only the CBA, but Aaron Rodgers has also came out and spoke about how great you were this year, how great the Packers were. He's a, he's kind of had this revitalized energy about football with this new hiring of LaFleur and with how good the team is potentially. What does Aaron Rodgers mean to a young guy like Aaron Jones who's potentially about to hit his real superstardom? Uh, I mean, he, he means a lot to not only me, but uh, a lot of our, all of our running backs. I mean, in our room, we we never really had a vet. Um, we came in young, uh, so we never really had a vet in our room. Nobody to look up to, but A Rod, he, he's a true leader. I mean, he, I remember my first time going on the field, and he was like, "I'm one of your biggest fans in this organization." He was like, "Now it's time to get the job done." And when you hear that, when you hear that from a future Hall of Famer, it's going to do nothing but wonders for your confidence. So that's in the huddle, or is that when you're standing next to each other and he's in a shotgun or something like that? Uh, that's when that was my actually my week. It was either week four or five, um, running on the field for my first offensive snap. What a cool moment that is! That's just awesome. jogging on the field, you have a goat next to you. Like, hey man, I just want to let you know, I'm a massive fan. Now it's time to show the world, basically. And that is just, that has to be so powerful. Mm-hmm. You don't hear those stories about Aaron Rodgers, by the way, by the media. You don't hear those stories at all. You hear about him being condescending or saying something bad. You never hear people talk about, hey, hey, how he instilled confidence in a guy to basically go have his best career he's ever had. That is a magical moment. Is there any other moments like that that you can recall? Um, my first time walking in the locker room uh, right after we I got drafted, there's a box of shoes for everybody in there, a uh, box of a pair of Adidas in there for everybody. And it, uh, it was even, a, I have a twin brother, there's even an extra pair for him. So I was like, wow, like this dude really cares. That is awesome. What a great guy. Story never comes out about that. I'm excited to watch the Packers take the next step. I want you to enjoy the hell out of your offseason. I'm excited to see if you vote yes or no. And I can't wait to hear how long it takes you to read 460 <laughs> pages of BS. Uh, I'll be reading for a little while, but I'm going to get through it. Hey, we're proud of you. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Jones. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you for having me. Hey, no problem. Cheers, man. Yes, uh, sir. I'm a big fan. Hey, I want to let you know, I'm the biggest fan of yours in this organization. Now it's time to show the world, man. (laughs) Yes, sir. Hey, cheers, dude. Have a great offseason. Thank you. Nah, no problem. He's really good at football. That 460 pages, though, there's no way in hell I would have read that. If I'm in like my fourth year, third year, second year, whatever it is. I mean, maybe when I was in the substance of abuse policy and they wouldn't let me do anything and I'm just sitting at home all by myself with the lights out. Maybe I read it then. But boy, that is a lot of reading to do. And they say they got a week, right, to get their vote in? I was going to say, how do they expect guys to read 460 pages of this just dense stuff in like eight days? And by the way, they're going to get buried if they come out and say they didn't read mm-hmm. the entire thing, people would be like, well, this is why the NFL gets a better deal because the players won't even read through the entire proposal. It's like 460-some pages. There's no way. There, I mean, that is – you got to do what you got to do, though. Hey, for the better of the shield, mm-hmm. for the good of the players, you got to read 460 pages. I'd look at them and go like, 
Somebody else can read that and let me know. <laughs> Somebody been like a book on tape thing, spark or notes type thing. Oh, I wonder if there is like a podcast type thing of it. There it's, should be. It's Richard Sherman reading it. <laughs> oh. See, that's the issue though. People are talking about how they should make like a spark notes version or a, a bullet point version. Depends on who's making the bullet points, right? David Bakhtiari put out a tweet last night that had all the reasoning why he thinks it's a bad deal. I don't know if he wrote it or who wrote it, but it was like very in-depth. And it's like, oh, now I understand why players are voting no. But if you listen to Nate Solder and he puts together his bullet mm-hmm. points, it's like, oh, this is a good deal. So now you have to trust who's putting together the Spark Notes version of that or the audio book of that. It's like nothing can be trusted right now. I have no idea what the hell's going to happen. I had a fan tweet me. He's like, should I care about the new CBA at all? As a fan, and I'm like, well, I think you should. I think you should strictly because of how the players feel about it. Maybe players are going to retire earlier because of this. It's going to affect the game. Do you get more games? Do you get less games? Do you have more players hurt? Are they going to play less games? Is the business going to be good? Are prices going to go? I mean, there's so much to be affected in the sport of the NFL. If a strike happens, I know one thing and one thing alone. The players are not going to be liked by the player, mm. or by the fans. Mm. That's just the way it goes. <laughs> So sorry to interrupt this incredible conversation that you're listening to. Uh, we hope you're enjoying yourself. If you are, tell your friends. If you're not, just don't tell anybody about it. Just act like this show never even existed. And I want to let you know that when you use Zoom, every day is a little bit better. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. You heard that? Oh, yeah. Every day. There's a lot of days. Oh, yeah. Okay? Oh, yeah. 365 of them a year, except for on the leap year is 366, Ooh, which year. we are currently on. Oh, yeah. So 366 days every day is a little bit better. Zoom video communications with the web's best-reviewed video conference service used by millions and millions to meet one-on-one or hundreds and hundreds at a time. Zoom video conferencing lets you connect face-to-face with anyone across town or around the globe with flawless video, clear audio, and instant sharing of files, video, anything. Why don't we use this for a show? Mm. We should. You're the... uh, Flawless video. I know Francesa was big on this. This is this is one of his blue chip stocks. Yeah, makes sense because our FaceTime is not f- flawless video. No, it's not. People think that that's the answer for these group video conferencing. Sounds like Zoom is the right answer. Flawless video, it says, and clear audio, and you can connect through any device: desktop, laptop, tablet, smartphone, or conference room system. Oh, open source! Holy shit! Mm. Zoom video conferencing, Zoom rooms, Zoom video webinars, and Zoom phone puts state-of-the-art tech at your fingertips and lets you do business at the speed of Zoom, 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 Zoom. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Anyways, it's not like that. It's zoom. Look, if you're not using Zoom video communications, the only question I have is why not? I'll make it super easy for you. Visit Zoom online and set up a free account today. Try the most affordable and most reliable video communication solution on the market. Meet happy with... Zoom. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Zoom, zoom, Back to the show. This guy, Nick Walanda, Walenda, Walenda. 
whatever his name is. He's from the Flying Walenda. I've done my research on this guy. The Flying Walendas that was coined that name in 1940 by the press. He was actually a part of the family called the Great Walendas before that. A family of daredevils and a circus act family that, you know, travels around and does things that captivates people's attention and blows people's minds. And I would assume the people at ABC that signed on to do this knew of the grandpa or the great, great grandpa that used to do wildly crazy things but in the world that we currently live in nothing that he does is impressive and, and i sorry nick i am very sorry i i respect the fact that you believe in the god and you've written a book and you're selling all these things and i respect the fact that you think of these grand ideas but if i'm going to be sold on death which is what a daredevil act is being sold on on death i don't want to turn on that thing especially in the middle of the best crap television time of year which is politics right now i mean it's just great crap television out there let alone zion and luca playing i'm being told to change the channel to abc because there is a daredevil doing death defying stunts and i turn it on and this guy's walking across a volcano with a gas mask bigger than Laramie Tunzel had on. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is cool. This is really cool. But just like when he walked across Niagara Falls and just like whenever he did the building, it's hard not to look at him and be like, look at the volcano and be like, this is cool. And then you immediately see that tether that's just right behind him. And then if you have a brain, all you think is like, oh, so if he falls, nothing happens. If he falls, he's just bungee jumping over top of a volcano, which by the way, really cool like <laughs> kind of jealous of the guy getting to do that i was jealous of him when he did it to niagara falls i was jealous of him whenever he did it to buildings i'm jealous of him when he does it over a volcano and i'm not saying it doesn't take a massive gut sack to get up that high and walk on a very thin line but as somebody you know that's skydived and has bungee jumped before like yo it's very scary it takes something to really get up that high so i respect it but when you see that tether behind it this is not must-see television this is not prime time cable network abc television maybe whenever his family back in the day was doing this stuff without the tether and there's a chance now listen i'm not wishing for anybody's death but if i'm being sold on death defying mm -hmm. stunts i would like to know that that first word is possible and if it's not possible i feel like i'm lied to i feel like i'm being scammed and there was no chance of nick walenda experiencing anything bad last night other than completing a 31 minute walk across a volcano congrats Put that on your Twitter bio. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or he went bungee jumping over a volcano, <laughs> which is cooler than anything anybody else has ever done. Here's five things that just came to the top of my mind that are more dangerous than what Nick Willenda did last night. Okay? Number one, licking your fingers while giving a press conference about how dangerous it is to touch your mouth <laughs> with your hand during the coronavirus era like that lady did in that press conference just the other day. She comes up, she says, listen, the way, we, the way this thing gets spread is if you touch your nose, mouth, or eyes. And then two seconds later, the lady sticks her entire hand in her <laughs> mouth to change over to the next page because she has incredibly dry fingers. That is more dangerous than what Nick Willenda did last night, especially with this coronavirus that's taken out the olds, mm -hmm. which I'm not saying she was, old, she was older. That's more dangerous than what Nick Willenda did. Number two, being an old 
on the sideline of an XFL game. How mummy, this past weekend, offense coordinator for the Dallas Renegades, the guy who created the air raid offense, was just standing on the sideline with a towel around his neck, calling in incredible plays, and all of a sudden one of his own guys comes through, spears him, breaks his leg, he calls the rest of the game. That's more dangerous than what Nick Walenda did last night. Number three. All of a sudden, this thing has dropped out of nowhere. What's more dangerous to know what Nick Walenda did last Nick Walenda did last night? Getting soup from a grocery <laughs> store is now more dangerous than what Nick Walenda did last night. You got these old whites going into these grocery stores, taking the ladle, dipping it in, and drinking straight out of it and putting it back into the thing. Coronavirus is bouncing around the earth. That's more dangerous than what Nick Walenda did. Number four. Definitely more dangerous than what the Walenda guy did last night is diving headfirst off of a pontoon into four foot water. <laughs> the lights that could have a brick under there, a log under there. You can't see through it when you sailgate at a Baylor game and you go face first belly flop off the top of a pontoon boat. That is more dangerous than what Nick Walenda did last night. And number five. This video made its rounds on the internet just the other day. This is more dangerous than almost anything going. <laughs> he tried to bungee jump. These guys try to bungee jump, but they make the bungee longer than the actual fall. So these dudes in Africa are just base jumping off the top of something face first right into earth. Pow! That's more dangerous than what Nick Walenda did last night. I would pay top dollar to watch all of these things instead of what Nick Walenda did last night. And maybe I'm going to ask for that, but that's just truly how I feel. No no fans of Nick Walenda in this room. None. He's a hustler. Like, I respect the fact that he's a hustler. He's a carny. He's a circus act and all that stuff. But maybe 10 years ago when there wasn't all the rules, and I understand it's not him forcing the tether on. It's probably the network. But that's not my fault either. No. Nope. That's not my fault either. Don't be shoving it down my face. Go find another network. Done with it. And then I was told, <laughs> then I was told by somebody on Twitter last night whenever I tweeted, it's like, so the worst thing that could happen to this guy is he's bungee jumping over the volcano. And somebody was like, no, no, no. That harness, if he does fall, could tighten up. He could lose circulation to his legs and potentially lose his legs. I'm like, so that's the worst thing that could happen is this harness that was the biggest harness I've ever seen. I've gone bungee jumping and my harness was smaller than what he was wearing last night. They're like, well, that thing could tighten up and cut off the circulation to his legs. So in Nick Melinda's eyes, he's walking. He's like, if I fall, going to lose both of my legs. <laughs> that's what I'm being sold on. Get me out. I'm done with it. I hate the guy. It's not his fault. I, it is his fault. He's a hustler. He's a scammer. He's making money off of this yeah. stuff. It's not his fault. It's the people that are putting him in position i just can't take it anymore sorry so sorry to interrupt now it's time to talk about getting a little professional the black tux believes every groom deserves a better experience when it comes to finding formal wear a suit or tuxedo for their big day did you know that time i did not i like it though did you know the black tux was actually started by two guys who had one of the worst tuxedo fittings you could imagine Hmm, you don't say. It turns out that they aren't alone in this frustration. Just listen to these one-star reviews that are on com competitor tuck shops that shall not be named. Okay. Okay? These are competitor tuck shops to the black tucks reviews on their stores and how they operate. Okay. We've all gotten fitted, by the way, and it's always terrible. Mm -hmm. Look like SpongeBob SquarePants, especially when you're built like me. 
you know, I'm a little bit of a brick shit house. I got a barrel of an upper body. So they just give me just a piece of tarp, basically. And they cut it down and it's a square bottom. I'm like, well, this is disgusting. Normally it ends up with me tapering it a little bit myself, but then I don't get my deposit back. Mm, yep. It's just, it's a nightmare of an experience. And the Black Tux is trying to fix that. Here are some reviews for competitor tuck shops to the Black Tux. Go elsewhere. This place is terrible unless you're dressing like your grandpa for Halloween. Not a ringing endorsement. We felt weird buying a suit from somebody so unhappy. We were afraid his bad vibes might follow us to our wedding day, so we left. Hmm. Listen, don't don't shop for miserable people. Don't shop and look like a goddamn grandpa for Halloween. <laughs> what I love about the Black Tux is that they have an easy online ordering process that brings your suit or tuxedo straight to you. Just pick a style at theblacktux.com and request a free home try-on so you can feel the fit and quality before you commit. And if online isn't your style, the Black Tux has showrooms all over the country where you can find your fit and plan your look. From there, they'll ship your order two weeks before your wedding so you can check it out one last time. Talk about commitment. Whether you're buying your outfit or looking to rent, you won't find a formal wear experience or designs like the ones you'll find at the Black Tux. If you want your wedding to be remembered for the right reasons, order your suit or tuxedo at theblacktux.com and enjoy 10% off with code PAT. That's theblacktux.com, code PAT for 10% off your purchase. The Black Tux, formal wear for the moment. There's some things we should be talking about, and every time that happens, we go to our friend Nick for things that are happening, brought to you by at Nick Moroto. Yeah, it is. It is. Brought to you by me. Uh, Sports <laughs> Business Journal reports that the NFL Network experienced a 3% ratings increase on the Combine. Uh, the league-owned network averaged 242,000 viewers over the four days of the coverage in comparison to last year. Is it worth the move to primetime with that small of a bump? I didn't love the move to primetime because I liked watching it during the day. Now, I am somebody who's never had a normal job, so my days are normally rather free to do things like that. I, liked whenever, I like whenever there's soccer during the day. I like whenever there's football during the day. I like whenever there's wrestling during the day. I like whenever people debunk the theory that everything has to happen in primetime and go during the day to give people, you know, a little bit of entertainment. Now, is that incredibly selfish? I think so, because uh, I'm thinking just strictly of me. But now that the business has come out, the business who? Who is this? Who did this? The business who? Sports Business Journal. They know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. A 3% increase to move it to prime time is obviously a move that didn't succeed for the NFL Network. I saw after the first night... Everybody that was associated with the NFL Network was pumping out how we had a hundred percent increase this week or last night's thing. Moving to prime time was the right move and all that stuff. But I think you turned your back on your loyal viewers of the combine. I think the loyal viewers of the combine are the people that are at work hating their jobs, trying to figure out what to watch. I watched some men in tights run fast, jump high, and maybe something electric will happen during it. I think you're missing out on the college kids who are sitting at home during the day, got nothing else to do. You know what? We'll watch. Our, our old buddy who used to play for our team maybe compete in a three cone drill do the jump and things like that when you move it to prime time now you're getting in the way of people's social life now you're getting in the way of these dudes that are watching the combine on a regular basis getting in the way of their drinking schedules and maybe they have other stuff going on i understand the thought like hey if we put this in prime time it'll help out everything but i think you're turning your back on your loyal audience that has kind of built you up to this point which are the people who are trying to spend the day with you before they go back Back to their regular life the people who are trying to avoid any responsibility by watching other things during the day before they go and do other things i think it's a bad decision i think they will potentially go back to the daylight thing but the nfl knows that if there is a dollar to be made 
And if they can take advantage of something, I would assume primetime pays a lot better. But if your numbers don't match the time slot, will you still put it there? I'm not sure. Maybe run a rerun up there. Maybe get a twofer out of the thing. I just don't. I don't love the move. I like watching during the day. I like passing the time with it. I think that's a bad decision. And I like to know that a lot of other people feel the exact same way. I like Thursday night being on primetime, possibly with the quarterbacks and Kick wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Kick it off. But then you can't go Friday and Saturday night primetime combine because – Combine is great, but it's not great enough where people aren't going to like go out to dinner and go out to bars on Friday and Saturday night and stay at home and watch the combine. Well, and they're not allowed to cover it as a spectacle, mm-hmm. right? It's not allowed to be covered as a spectacle. I think if something's on a Friday night or a Saturday night, I think it has to be a little bit grander as opposed to like a golf. By the way, golf. Golf is perfect during the days. Mm-hmm. Perfect. At night, golf would not work. Because it's kind of slow, yep. it's not a spectacle, it's kind of quiet. I enjoy the thought of maybe kicking off in primetime on Thursday night to kind of introduce the world to the combine happening. But man, during the days with Rich Eisen and his Jim Nance routine doing the golf talk with Daniel Jeremiah breaking it down, a couple ex-players on the field are entertaining. It just feels like the perfect fit. So hopefully they'll adjust that and make a little bit of a move. Do you think if Joe Burrow would have thrown or like if Chase Young would have worked out, that would have had any impact on the ratings? But they won't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, like going forward, they like I don't think it's going to get better in that. Like I don't, I don't think you're going to get it now. Patrick Mahomes threw, but nobody knew Patrick Mahomes was Patrick Mahomes at the time. I don't think you're going to get the superstars that work out at the combine going forward. I think it's going to go the other way, actually. So I still think with no name people, not no names. I understand in their college towns and regions they're big, but to the casual NFL fan, the no name players working out, it's just a spectacle to see the athleticism, but it's not a spectacle grand enough for primetime television in my eyes now i could be wrong and i assume i was a person who was against the draft becoming the way one first round one night second round one night third how it used to be anytime you change something there's always going to be a little pessimism that it's met with but for this i think they should take it back to the day and treat it like golf as opposed to a prime mm-hmm. time spectacle i think you're 100 right though do the opening night out there and then it's kind of ease into it a three percent increase though is not good that's not no it's not good whenever you take it from 10 a.m to yeah 7 p.m it's like well that's not great yeah i would assume they were anticipating those numbers to be much higher than that much higher let's go to nick anything else uh, Alex Trebek recently tweeted out a video on his de- difficult year leaving, living with stage four pancreatic cancer, sudden massive attacks of Great Depression, and his commitment to fighting on. Uh, no mention of stepping back to Jeopardy. And he also donated $100,000 to an L.A. homeless organization recently. I love Trebek. I'm a big Jeopardy guy. His interviews with the nerds of the nerd Super Bowl every single uh, night, he is just fed up with them. He's at the point where the other night he was telling people how to tell their story better. <laughs> <laughs> the other night, somebody said something. They're like, this happened, this happened. He was like, uh, next time, say this instead of that. And then goes to the next guest. <laughs> and then somebody says something. He's like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Trebek is just the model of consistency. And whenever I watch that interview he had with the TMZ guy, what's his name? Harvey, Harvey Levin. His interview with Harvey Levin, I learned that Trebek is like a full-time savage. Took a couple shots at Pat Sajak. I mean, I love Trebek. I'm happy that he's battling. Had an 18% um uh, survival rate just a year ago. Now, if he was to make it another year, it's at a 7% mm-hmm. survival rate. And at the end of that video that he put out yesterday, that was very emotional, by the way. He talked about how he thought about just quit fighting against the chemo and against the cancer, but then he said he would have been a coward, basically, if he would have done that for his 
wife, his family, his fans, and other people. It was a very emotional video, and I'm proud to say I'm an Alex Trebek fan, even more so, and I hope he makes it another year. I think he will because the guy's a badass. Him him savagely destroying Pat Sajak, though, is one of my favorite Trebek moments. Uh, Harvey asked him, he said, you are always introduced um, as the host of Jeopardy, Alex Trebek, not the star of Jeopardy. And he goes, well, I'm not the star. Uh, the players are the stars. The categories are the stars, blah, blah, blah. And then Harvey goes, well, you know, Pat and Vanna, they are introduced as the stars of the show. If you were the host of Wheel of Fortune, would you be introduced? And he said, no. Even though I know every letter in the alphabet or something, like, <laughs> like he, uh, it was just. Uh, I love Trebek. I hope we see him for another thirty years somehow. That'd be great. Anything else, Nick? Uh, folks in the Italian town of Modena had wine coming out of their kitchen taps after a local winery accidentally leaked into their local water Ooh. system. Oh, wow! Oh. Not bad. In Italy, that's probably like that's all you could ever ask for. Yeah, yeah I mean, they dream of those days, right? A boobity boobity. If we hey. could get the wine to come out of the faucet, that'd be great. Who needs the water? You know, that's I think I'm like, supposed to be offended, but that was that was hilarious. I'm Italian. Yeah, oh, good yeah. point. I don't, I, I don't know if you're that Italian. Whoa, I'm Italian. You're Italian, but I don't know if you're that. Italian. I, you, what you did was okay, except for the very beginning. <laughs> that was the best part. Was the best. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Italian. Things. Listen, I, I don't need you questioning what I can do as an Italian, all right? I understand that DeGilio is much more Italian than McAfee, <laughs> and Moraldo is much more Italian than McAfee, but I did my 23 and me. I did. spit into the thing. <laughs> it said I'm 1% Italian, 0.09% Italian, you name it, whatever it is. I'm Italian. I'm allowed to say whatever I want, and if I want wine coming out of my damn faucet, oh, yeah. I'm allowed to say that, <laughs> However, whatever Italian accent I want to have. Boobity bubbity, we gotta get <laughs> we gotta get to a break. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. For the love oh, of God. Brady, come back! You can blame it all on Bill. We need you, Tom. Don't leave us with a massive hole to fill. Please don't. Brady, come back! Dolphin sheds and bills to kill. The Super Bowl's in Tampa Bay. Let's go get our seventh ring. You know the drill. New England's your home, Tom. Are you too good for your home? I don't think so. But please, for the love of God. Brady, come back! Oh! Watching you play is a dream. Please don't leave us, Tom. We can all eat avocado ice cream. Delicious. Brady, come back. Are you ad-libbing for your song right now? Yeah, I was Winning gonna. Winning won't feel the same. Same, same. Now's the time to sign. It's wicked sick that Brady fit the rhyme. Wicked. Brady, come back. Please. Well, that's the show for today. Uh, we appreciate you all so much for choosing to listen to not only our conversations and chitter-chatter, but also our record-breaking songs that are recruiting humans to do things that they probably don't want to do. Brady, come back! Uh, Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music. I hope you all have the best weekend of your entire life, honestly. I really do. Like, I hope your Saturday, if you're just going to sleep, I hope it's the best sleep you've ever had. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. I hope if you're going to go out, I hope it's the best night you've ever had. I hope somebody walks in there and just says, hey, free tab for everybody. Oh. Eat, 
and drink whatever you please. I hope somebody does that for you. I hope even if that doesn't happen, you have a great night. I hope there's no drama. I hope you wake up on Sunday with no hangover. I hope you enjoy everything about this weekend. And then when you come back next week, bang, we're off and running to make each and every day even better. Mm-hmm. Like Zoom. 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 All right. Or you just sleep all weekend if you're a little tired. Can't wait. There might be some people that do that in this room. There's somebody wearing a gladiator helmet right now. Mm. Do that if you like. Oh, yeah. That beautiful sense of freedom is right around the corner. Go ahead and use the hell out of it. Have a great weekend. Ty, now play some independent music.